Hey friend, Heather Creekmore here. Do you like to be right? I really don't know anyone who loves being wrong or proved wrong. So maybe we all have a touch of this. But today in our October Letting Go series, we are going there. We are going to letting go of the need to be right. Well, I'm Heather Creekmore. This is the Compared to Who Show, and I'm glad you're listening. All month long, we're going to be tackling things we probably hold on to kind of tightly maybe need to let go of if we're going to experience true freedom in the arenas of body image and comparison and all the other things that connect to those two issues. I'm glad you're listening today. If you enjoyed this show, share it with a friend. Tell a friend about it because chances are if you're struggling with something and something in this episode talked to you about that, she's probably struggling with the same thing and would love to have someone to discuss it with. So tell a friend about it. And hey, if you really love it, leave a review. Those reviews are one of the nicest things you could ever do for me. So leave a review if you love the show. um, And that would be a big blessing here. Today, we're talking with Brittany Ann. She's an author. She also runs a ministry called Equipping Godly Women. She's been on the show before, so you may be familiar with her. But today, Brittany Ann and I go deep on all the ways we like to be right in our marriages, in our friendships, in our platforms, issues we stand for, and how maybe, just maybe, letting go could be the best way to love others well and find freedom for ourselves. So here we go. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compare to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Brittany Ann, thank you so much for being on the Compared to Who show today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to get to hang out with you again. I know. Well, It was kind of fun because we were going back and forth about what we could talk about. And this topic came up that has, so I have this very um, high tech way of organizing my topic ideas, (laughs) which is I use little tiny post-it notes and I put these little tiny post-it notes on my calendar. And so on one of those little tiny post-it notes months ago, I wrote, letting go of the need to be right. Mm -hmm. And I have moved that little post-it note from month to month because I was like, I just, I need to talk to someone about this. I don't know who I can talk to about this. This would just be a great episode. And then as we were going back and forth, you were like, let's talk about letting go of the need to be right. I was like, yes, that's it. So letting go of the need to be right. I don't, what does that mean to you? Let's just start with like the basics. Oh goodness. I feel like I could talk about this topic for days and days and days and days um, because I just have so much personal experience with it myself. And I am totally fine with like, 
admitting, you know, I am not perfect. I do not have it all together. So do not come to me like, oh, she's going to like give us all of this wisdom of how to do this. No, um, I can share my real life experience of all of the ways that I have messed this up so many times, but why it matters so much for us as Christians. So for one, I'm a total perfectionist. I love to be right. Um, for me, it's not even, maybe it's pride. It's also integrity. Like if something is right, like I want to make sure that that is right. But that has really been challenged over my life in the fact that you can't be perfect, especially after becoming a mom and becoming a wife and becoming um, all of the things that all of us do on a day-to-day -day basis. There's just so much that how could you possibly keep up with everything? How can you keep up with being that perfect wife and that perfect mom and having the perfect faith and having the perfect body and having the perfect everything? Um, There just came a point where I was like, you know what? I cannot do everything perfectly. I wish I could, yeah. but there's only one that is perfect and that is God and that is not us. Um, And when we expect ourselves to be perfect, we are expecting ourselves to do something that only God can do. That's God's right. job to be perfect. Right. And he loves us even when we are messy and when we are broken. Um, It's not he loves us and oh, well, he'll deal with that. Like he made us, he knows we're messy. Yeah. He knows we're broken and that's okay. So we don't have to have it all figured out. We don't have to have it all together. Um, God loves us exactly as we are. He loves us too much to keep us that way. He's always working on us and growing us. And that's beautiful. Um, but we don't have to have it all figured out. I always think of the analogy also, when you get to heaven, there is not going to be a checklist there waiting for you. You are never going to show up at heaven. And this is an imaginary scenario. <laughs> but St. Peter is at the pearly gates saying, okay, well, you were supposed to witness to 173 people and you only witnessed to 170. And let me give you this entrance exam that you have to take and make sure that you were completely right on every little bit of theology and that every little thing that you were completely right and you were on the right side of every argument. It doesn't work that way. God doesn't yeah. ask us to be complete. Like that's not anywhere in the Bible. God never asks us to be perfect, to be completely right about anything. Instead, he says, love God and love others. He says, follow me. And we're not going to get that perfect. We're going to mess up. We're going to have disagreements. Um, and that's just part of the journey and it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So why do you think we want to be right though? Oh, so many reasons. I think it's pride. I think it is insecurity. Mm -hmm. I think it is sometimes a misguided sense of justice because yes, there are times where things are right and it is good to fight for things that are right, but it has to be within its proper context. So this is a conversation that I have with one of my children um, because he's very stubborn. He's just like his mama. Um, and he has a very strong sense of justice that we tell him when you are older, this will be very beneficial. Like, <laughs> I am very glad you have this trait. Like I have prayed for you to have, like, since the time he was born, I have prayed that even if everyone else does the wrong thing, that he would stand up and do it as right. Yeah. And I see that in him. But for now, he's still a child. He's still developing that skill. He's mm -hmm. still honing. It's something that someday, like, yes, there is the time and place to have justice and be right and stand up for what is right. Yeah. But that can also get very misguided yeah. when we get so focused on following the rules that we forget why we're following the rules in the first place. So this is something that I talk about in my book because it's such a picture that we see in the New Testament. So you think about the Old Testament. There were, I don't remember the exact number, but 600 something rules that the Old Testament Jewish people had to follow. God gave them these rules. These rules <clears throat> Sorry, we'll edit that out. 
God gave them these rules. These rules were good. They were for their benefit. If you go back to Deuteronomy, it says, you know, follow these rules because it's for your good and for the good of your children. So the rules are not bad. But what had happened were the Israelite people had gotten so caught up in following the rules that they completely missed the point. And we see this when Jesus comes on the scene because the Pharisees come to Jesus and they had not only devoted themselves, which to me, I'm like, that's admirable. Like these guys like devoted themselves to following the law. Like I probably would have been a Pharisee. Like I have no hate for the Pharisees. That would have been me back then. Like, yes, let's follow all the laws. And not only were they following all the laws, they also had written a document called the Mishnah, which expanded on those laws. So in addition to the Old Testament, which would have said don't work, they also wrote all of these additional laws that said, okay, this is what it means to work. You can't take this many steps. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do all of these additional things that the original idea of this document, the Mishnah, was to be helpful to explain, okay, here is how you live out not working on the Sabbath or whatever the rule was. There were plenty of them. But eventually it became so many rules and so overwhelming that some of the Pharisees forgot the original purpose. Like we're doing this so that we can live out God's commands better. And it just became like this huge collection, this huge burden that these people placed on themselves. And I have all the empathy because I do this myself too. Like all the rules, like you can't do this. You have to do this. Yeah. Like I am so familiar with rules culture. Um, but then Jesus comes on the scene and one of the Pharisees comes to him and asks him, okay, Jesus, we know you're a very wise teacher. We want your opinion on the matter. Do we have to follow all of these Old Testament rules or are there some that maybe we don't have to follow? Because back then the Pharisees were teaching that you couldn't follow all of the rules. So you only had to follow some that the Pharisees thought were the most important. Mm -hmm. So they asked Jesus, what do you think? Do you have to follow all of them? And Jesus said, and Jesus replied in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40. He said, love the Lord, your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus really simplified it down. He said, you know what? It's not about following every rule. Perfect. It's not about getting every single little piece of your theology. Absolutely right. It is about loving God and loving others. And going back to the analogy that I shared a minute ago with one of my sons, like, yes, there is a sense of justice and there is a time for right and wrong. But so many of the things that I see him arguing about, about, yeah. oh, well, my brother got in trouble for this and I didn't, or he got the bigger piece of cake and he, I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, yes, fairness is important, but it all has to go under this umbrella of love. The reason that we have every single rule throughout all of scripture. The reason why these doctrines matter are because they help us love God and love others. So if we are using those rules in a way to help us love people, then yes, by all means, like we should care about what is right. That's important. God is a God of justice and he cares. But if we have abandoned the idea of actually loving our neighbor and we're just hitting them over the Bible with our hitting them over the head with our Bible, like these are the rules you better follow or else, then we've completely missed the point. Yeah. Hey there, friend. Did you know that I do coaching? If you've ever listened to the show and thought, hey, I'd just love to have a conversation with Heather. I think that would be really helpful. Maybe she could help me sort out why I'm stuck. Guess what? I do that. And I would love to do that for you. So no matter if your struggle seems eh, light, not that big of a deal, or if you've been struggling for a really long time and you're just overwhelmed, let's 
talk. You can grab a free 10 minute, just like learn about coaching session on my website. Or if you're ready, you feel like you know me well enough from the show, just dig in, schedule, grab a time and let's have a conversation. You can go to comparetohu.me, find the coaching tab, and you'll find all the ways to connect there. And I'm thinking, you know, that same, you know, that love the Lord your God, that's, that's from Deuteronomy too, Deuteronomy mm-hmm. 6, right? And, and I'm thinking about the Old Testament and how they did have all these rules and how one of the biggest struggles over and over again was their idolatry, mm-hmm. right? And when that love piece is missing, when that relational piece is missing, and I had a boss that used to say, rules without relationship yields rebellion, Mm-hmm. And it's like, you look at the old Testament and that's it, right? They had the rules, but they didn't have the relationship. And so they rebelled by chasing those idols again and again and again. And so I think those of us who struggle with body image, idols of self too, I think that kind of ties in really well with that need to be right. Like, it's like, no, I want you to think of me as correct. I want you to believe that my opinion is always right because I believe my opinion always is always right. So I think that all ties in really, really well. I actually, I told you, I've been thinking about this episode for a long time. And weeks ago, I wrote this on the corner of my notebook um, and it was after talking to a client. So sorry, whichever client you were, <laughs> this is what I extrapolated from that. It was my opinions are not God's opinions. Mm. Oh, I don't know. Like someone's cringing right now. But it's so true though. But but we kind of think that, right? Like if I believe it, it's true. Or or the the other thing I like to say is you can't believe everything you think. But I think mm-hmm. it is a temptation to believe that if I think it's true, it's true. And stopping and thinking, my opinion are not my opinions are not God's opinions. Oh no. Like, ooh, I, that's that's startling, right? Yeah. I read a quote once and I don't remember the exact quote. But I read a quote that said something like, if God hates all the same people you hate, Mm -hmm. then you're doing something wrong. I don't remember the rest of the quote. But it was basically like, are we making God in our image? Are we saying, Mm -hmm. hey, this is my sense of right and wrong. This is what I think. And obviously God agrees with me because unfortunately I see so much of that in our culture. And of course we're all guilty. None of us has pure motives. We can never be 100% pure. I wish we could. I try so hard. Um, Total perfectionist (laughs) over here. But We're never going to be perfect, but I think it's going back and asking ourselves every day, why am I doing this? If I am upset because my brother has a bigger piece of cake than me, okay, why? Is it out of a sense of justice? Is it out of a perceived slight? Like, I feel like I haven't been given enough. Mm -hmm. And I think the more that we go back and we ask ourselves, okay, why do I think this? Why does this bother me? Why is this upsetting me? Why do I want this outcome or that outcome? It can be really enlightening. Right. Right. And it seems to tie into something that a lot of, a lot of us who have eating disorder, disordered eating issues kind of fall into the camp of black and white thinking. Absolutely. Right. It's all or nothing. I'm either 100% in or I'm 100% out. And that's not the life of grace. Right. And, and I'm not trying, like, it's really dangerous. I think in our culture to, to try to espouse something that's not black and white, right. Because it's, there's just like, oh, well, if you don't stand for anything or if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Or, and it's like, no, 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 that's not it. But standing for the gospel is kind of messy, right? Like, like God gives us grace and that like most of us don't know what to do. 
that, right? I still don't know what to do with that <laughs> most days. I'm still trying to figure out, okay, God loves me just how I am. But I also see a Bible full of so many commands that are there. I know for my good and for the uh, for the good of others. And I want to live them out. And I feel every day. And I think we see that reflected even in Paul's writing. He says the yeah. same thing. Like, I want to do the right thing. Um, yeah. We don't always do the right thing. But I think it's just that expectation of, you know, I'm going to wake up each day. I'm going to do my best. And my best is going to be enough. I'm not going to go to one extreme where I say, oh, well, it's all grace. We're all sinners. It doesn't matter. Um, Cause that's, that's not good for anybody. The reason that God gives yeah. us the rules that he does is for our benefit and for the benefit of others. Like we want to live according to his ways. His ways are good. His ways are right. They're for us. And so we want to do that. Um, but then we also don't want to go the other way where we get completely legalistic, bogged down in the right. rules. Cause I have absolutely been there and I've been in so many churches that have been like that. And it's just a distraction, honestly, right. from the mission of the gospel. There's it's unappealing to believers and non-believers yeah. like nobody wants that yeah. um, but it's a trap we fall into so often yeah well and I'm thinking I, I feel like what happens is there are things that we like need to grip tightly that we need to be right about right yes um, so, you know, Jesus born of a virgin, like fully God, fully man, like came, died, rose again, three days later for our sins, right? Like hold those tightly, hold that the Bible is the inspired word of God tightly, like hold, hold some of those foundational truths tightly, but your opinion on some pop culture event, <laughs> And, and how that kind of connects to how you see the Bible, maybe don't hold that as tightly. Yes. I, don't, I don't know. Like, what, what yes. are your thoughts? Do you see where I'm going? Oh, so many thoughts. So this happens with me and my husband all the time. Let me give you a story. Because my husband and I are two different people, obviously, sometimes we have different opinions on things. We agree on most things, but there's things that we have some different opinions on. And there have been so many times in my life where I have like been sure that my way is the right way, especially with like raising children and babies. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm like, I'm their yeah. mommy. I'm with them all the time. Like I know what is best. And I have a lot of opinions about like the way we raise our children or what we spend our money on or where we go yeah. or how we do vacation, just like normal married stuff. So I have a lot of opinions. And I have to stop myself sometimes because I am human right. and say, okay, this is what I want, but I am in a relationship with another person yeah. and what he wants matters too. And I have to remind myself and I shouldn't have to, but I'm just being honest here. I have to remind myself, he is a grown man. He mm -hmm. is smart. He loves his family. He has good ideas too. I might think yeah. I have some really good ideas, but you know what? He probably has really good ideas too. So when we disagree yeah. on something, rather I try so hard. Um, and usually I'm successful rather than be like, no, you need to do this my way. Why aren't you doing it this way? If I take a step back and I wait and I say, okay, Brittany, it doesn't have to be done your way. Like we can do things his way. I know this should not be a struggle. It's such a struggle for me. Oh, but um, it is. It is for a lot of people. I know people are listening and nodding. So keep going. Yes. <laughs> so I always take a step back. I'm like, okay, we'll just do it his way. I'm sure he has a reason. Like, even though I wouldn't, I don't agree. I would do it a different way. And then usually what happens if I am smart enough not to say anything a couple days later he'll come to me and he'll say he'll comment on it just out of the blue he doesn't know what's been going on in my mind um but I'll be like oh yeah I'm so glad we did this thing because and the reason will just come out and once I get his perspective mm -hmm. then I'm like oh yeah. he was right 
the whole time. He had a reason. I didn't know his reason. You know, I probably could have asked him ahead of time, Um, but often I just wait and it comes out. And when I figure out, oh, this is his perspective. This is why he did it this way. There's a backstory here. There's a reason. I don't know the reason. And I can be so convinced that I am right in my own limited knowledge. But when I see the perspective of someone else who's had a different life experience, who maybe values different things differently than I do. Um, I love the fact that we are two different people in this relationship because we both come with our different strengths and weaknesses. And when I get his perspective, then I realize, oh, you're not like some dumb person who just wanted to like do what he, like, no, you were doing this for our family. There's a reason you were doing that. We all have different perspectives and it doesn't mean there's no such thing as absolute truth. Let me just say Mm -hmm. that for like the 17th time, right? There's so important. There's absolutely absolute truth, but it's our pride sometimes Mm -hmm. that like keeps us just not being nice people sometimes being angry about these opinions we have. And I think God can really, you know, free us, not just from the need to be right, but also from some of our control issues. Like I love Mm -hmm. your marriage illustration. I remember early on in marriage, we had, um, so we got pregnant pretty much like three months in right away. So we had a, we had a baby and celebrating our one year anniversary all within a month. And I remember Eric was doing something with our, our newborn first kid. And, um, and I was like, no, you don't do it that way. Like, you know, like, oh, don't do it that way. That's going to hurt him. Don't do it that way. And he just stopped and he turned and looked at me. He's like, do you really believe that you love this child more than I love this child? And that startled me. I was like, oh well, no, I guess I really don't believe it. He's like, then can you trust (laughs) that, that I'm going to take care of him in the way that I think is best? And I was like, well, yeah, I guess. And and from that point on, (laughs) all of those times when I wanted to question his parenting, I was able to go back to that. Oh, wait, kind of like you said, he's a smart man. (laughs) He's got his own realm of experiences. I was able to go back to that and say, oh, yeah, he loves him just as much as I do. I can trust that he can take care of him. But I don't know about you, Brittany. I mean, you talk to women all the time. I think that this is a big issue in a lot of marriages. This needs to be right. Don't you think? I think it's a big issue in a lot of marriages, in a lot of um, parenting relationships, Mm -hmm. like with moms and their kids needing to be right, needing to have it all figured out. I think it's a huge issue on social media. Like you talk all the um, all of the time about body image. We can't just be content to have the body God gave us. And, you know, mm-hmm. we should take care of ourselves, obviously, but we can't. so often all of these things are just a distraction. I think that Satan often comes at us and there's so many ways he can come at us. He can distract us. He can deceive us. He can disarm us. Um, and yes, it makes sense that Satan would say like, oh, well, let me keep you out of your Bible. Let me keep you, you know, make you not love God. But what if His tactic is also, let me get you distracted, focusing so much on this minor issue that you are completely missing the whole entire point. What if you were so caught up and making sure that people believe the same thing on, I mean, even if it's so important, some of these issues, 
you know, these issues, they are important. They are matters of life and death for so many people. Yes, they are important. We should talk about them. We should debate them. Um, yeah, we do need to have these conversations because they are important. But I think we always have to step back and say, okay, am I just arguing for what is best for me and my family? Or am I taking the time to stop and listen to the other person? Well, I, th- I think we can be confident about what we believe without having to be obnoxious about it. Yes. Right. And without, I, I think, you know, it's, it's hard to say, cause I feel like I'm going to be contradicting myself, but it's like, I can know, I can be certain in my beliefs and yet let go of my need to be right. Yes. Ways, right. Cause I don't want to conflate those two things. Right. I think, I think we can be certain in our beliefs, but it's, it's when our beliefs go into the realm of opinion, like loading the dishwasher, for example, <laughs> right. There are lots of people I know that I talk to every week that are sure they are right about the way that they put the silverware in. Okay. Now I have just never, I was raised by that kind of perfectionist. And so I think I went the other direction where I'm like, I don't care. Just get all the stuff in there. (laughs) And my husband's the one who comes along and is like, ah, but, um, so we're kind of opposite maybe from, (laughs) from a lot of people on that front. Right. But these are objective things, (laughs) right? Like there's not, there is not like a, a chapter in the Bible on dishwasher, proper dishwasher loading. (laughs) It's God's like moral law of the, of getting the spoons and the forks to not like nestle together (laughs) in there. So they all get clean. Right. And so it's those kinds of things. I think we really have to, um, pause and, and, like take a step back from, and why do I have to be right about this? Right. I don't know. Like what's, yeah. you were laughing. What's your experience? Are you a dishwasher? Oh, you were, I was laughing because you were talking <laughs> about the dishwasher. Uh, my husband doesn't load the dishwasher anymore. He used to, I mean, uh-huh. sometimes he does. Um, but often he just piles everything in the sink because he knows if he loads the dishwasher, I will come along behind him and be like, you didn't touch, like, I won't say anything, but just like, you didn't Tetris this properly. And like uh-huh. things need to go here because they're not going to get clean. So, um, he has learned because I'm just going to redo it. And Mm. so I'm the dishwasher Nazi in our family. Mm. Um, But (laughs) that's why I was laughing because I was like, yeah, yeah, I can totally relate to that. Um, But then you can't complain that he won't help you. Like this is a conversation I have with women all the time. I'm like, do not complain that he won't help you. If if you hold tightly to the way you do it, right? Yeah, I know. I don't complain. I'm like, okay, well, in the sink is just like, to me, it's like, why would you put it in the sink? You could just put it straight in the dishwasher. (laughs) But you know, like he put it in the sink. So um, no, it's not something we fight about, but I just laughed because I'm like, yes, I completely understand the dishwasher arguments. And we can all laugh about this because the dishwasher argument is we all know it's not a matter of life and death. Um, It is okay. Actually, when I was in high school, my high school English teacher told us that the reason that she and her husband divorced was because he bought the wrong kind of butter. What? And as a high schooler, I was like, that's the most ridiculous thing ever. Why in the world? Like you can't agree on butter. Apparently she really liked one kind and he wouldn't buy that kind. He always wanted to buy a different kind. At the time I was like, that's the most ridiculous thing I'd ever heard of. Um, but now as a grown up, 
I can kind of understand that. Not that I'm going to divorce my husband over butter. Um, but so often we get so caught up on, no, we have to get this one. And I don't know why he, I, I have no backstory on this. Um, if he was just like, oh, well, that kind's too expensive or it doesn't, whatever. And so he didn't buy it. Um, and there's just so much that gets wrapped up in it. We're like, oh, well, you didn't love me because you didn't get this thing. You didn't do it my way. Can't you see this way is better? And at the end of the day, we need to step back and be like, you know, it's just better. Like go buy two, like you'll be fine. Um, and I think that's what happens so often with all of us. And yes, the issues are more important than butters and dishwashers and that's okay. But I think we get so wrapped up and everything means everything. And we just don't give people the benefit of the doubt instead of saying like, Hey, maybe they have perspective that I don't have that I haven't considered. It's not about the the dishwasher or the butter. It's about the heart. Absolutely. Right? And that's because- the... That's yeah. the whole thing that we're like, you just said it in a nutshell. That's the whole thing that we're trying to say here. It's not about the rules. It's yeah. not about what you believe. It's not about following. Yes, there's some of that that matters. But Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 22, love the Lord your God with all yeah. your heart and soul and mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And it even tells us in, I think, First Corinthians 13, it's part of that chapter. Um, if I you know, do all of these things, if I prophesy yeah. and I teach and I do all of these things, but I don't have love. I'm just a clanging gong. And I feel like that's yeah. so often what we do is we are so sure that we're right. And we have to champion this. And yes, God made people who love justice. We should all love justice. And we need that. Um, but we need to be careful not to get off track so that we're so busy fighting for the rules and the justice and the thing that we think this is the thing that we're not even listening to other people. Like just bring this more to our hearts and our homes. Yeah. Right. It's really easy for us to become self-righteous. Oh yeah. And then that self-righteous spills into, so for my audience, that self-righteous spills into how I eat, right? Mm -hmm. I know, I know the latest trend in eating. It's like, oh, carbs are good again. Um, (laughs) but now I don't know, are we back to fat is bad or something? It'll, it'll come soon. Just, just wait. Um, cause it always cycles through like, Mm -hmm. so, you know, and, and you, you meet those people that are you know, turning up their nose at whatever your food choices or whatever your exercise choices. Oh, don't you know, we don't lift like that anymore. We do it this way. Right. And all, all of, all of these ways, like you said, first Corinthians 13, we are clanging gongs. Cause if you know your Bible and yet you have that kind of heart mm-hmm. towards other people, like that's not, that's not love. But I'm also just thinking about like in the context of marriage, because I just, I, I feel like this comes up so much in marriage. This need to be right. Um, just a few weeks ago, in fact, I was using this illustration with a client where I asked her what her favorite kind of ice cream was. And she's was kind of, she's more like my personality. Like, you know, it's chocolate with like 18 different things in it. And I was like, and I just had this gut feeling this is where this is going to go. I was like, what's your husband's favorite kind of ice cream? And she's like, oh, it's like vanilla. And and I was like, oh yeah. Like, you know, like how, like how much more different can you be like chocolate with peanut butter and pretzels and all these other caramel in it versus vanilla. And then I asked her, I was like, do you really believe that that's his favorite kind of ice cream? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, but you know, he could have chocolate or strawberry or any of these other things. Do you really believe that that's his true opinion of of what he prefers in terms of ice cream. And she's like, I do. And I was like, well, that's different than your opinion. And then I kind of related that back to some of the struggles we have in marriage, believing that our husbands could like our body type 
when there's all these other body types out there, <laughs> our husbands could choose someone who looks like us when there's all these other flavors of ice cream out there. Right. And, and even in that very weird specific scenario, it's important, I believe, for us to let go of this need to be right, because that stands as a huge barrier between us and our husbands. If we are quite confident, they really prefer another type or size of woman. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, you're just like throwing up a brick wall in your own intimacy by holding on to that need to be right. I don't know. That's a little bit of a diversion, but I feel like to, to the crowd listening mm-hmm. today, like this letting go of the need to be right thing is really important. I don't know. You're, you're nodding your head. What thoughts do you have, Brittany? Oh, I'm just listening because I agree with all of this completely. This is my life as well. I want to throw up all of those rules. And I am the person who wants to be super structured and say, okay, well, we have to do it this and we have to do it this and we have to do this um, because that's the best way to do mm-hmm. things. Um, I am such a perfectionist. I want to do it the best way and I want to do all of the things. Um, but that's why I need a husband who is different than me, mm-hmm. who can come in and say, okay, I see that that is the best way. However, you're sacrificing your sanity. You're sacrificing your relationship with your children. You're sacrificing these experiences that we could be having as a family. I know that it's more calories or more expensive or more time or whatever it is. I know it's not the best way, but sometimes the best way isn't the best way. There's lots of different ways to do things. And I think that's why it's so important that we um, let go of our need of having things our own way and being so controlling and having these conversations and say, Hey, like, why would, what would you like to do? And why would you like, I think that's, what's always really helpful for me is Mm -hmm. to say, you know, why do you want it this other way? Why do you prefer, is there a reason? Um, Sometimes there is a logical reason. And sometimes it just, you know, I was raised that way, or Mm -hmm. I just prefer it that way. And that's okay. Um, But I think that we miss out on so much beauty when we are so focused on it has to be this way. My way or the highway. Yes. (laughs) I have to keep my diet perfectly, even if it makes my family miserable. I have to make sure I get all of my exercise in, even if it means I'm missing out on these things. Just like, why do you want to get healthy? Why do you want to look this way? Is there a different way to accomplish what you want to do rather than this way you've decided this has to be the way? Right. Right. Well, and even in that context, I mean, I've talked on a lot of shows recently, like what's your definition of health? Because most of the people I know pursuing a clean diet and exercising, like the way you're describing, that's not health. (laughs) Health is also about relationships and Mm -hmm. sleep (laughs) and having a life that's full of more things than counting calories and, and working out. So yeah, it's, it's, but again, it's that need to be right, right. You got to let go of of this is my way of being right and open up to, oh, wait a second here. Maybe I haven't, maybe I haven't gotten that exactly right. Yeah. Well, you have a new book out. Yes. Tell us about that. So my new book is called Follow God's Will, Biblical Guidelines for Everyday Life. And this book is designed to help women answer the question, what does God want me to do? So whether that is a little question, right? (laughs) Yeah, I know. I have a tendency to not write my books about one thing. I'm like, let's just pack it all in there. Um, I love to do that. Um, But it is a very practical biblical framework that you can use, whether you are trying to answer the big questions of what does God want me to do for my life? Like, do I go be a missionary? Do I be a stay-at-home mom? Should I take this job or that job? Um, Or just the little questions. How do I navigate my relationship with my husband. 
Maybe he's doing things I don't agree with. Maybe I don't approve of. How do I navigate that law? How do I talk to coworkers who believe differently than I do? How do I balance trying to follow God's truth with also loving my neighbor? How do I do that on a very practical basis? So it's part book, part Bible study. Um, there's a lot of really great stories and examples in there as well, just to help women figure out for them. Cause I don't know, we're all different. We all have a different answer to these questions, but it's meant to be a guide to help you figure out for yourself. How do I know personally what God wants me to do in whatever situation that I'm facing today? Awesome. And say the title once again, it's follow God's will. What's your subhead? Biblical guidelines for everyday life life by Brittany. Ann. And you can get it everywhere. Christian books are sold. It just, it just came out in October, right? Yes. October okay. 4th. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So it's brand new release. I hope you'll go check it out. Brittany, thanks for being on the show today. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun to talk with you. Tell everyone about equipping godly women and where they can connect with you. Yes. So you just said it. Equipping Godly Women <laughs> is my website. If you just go to equippinggodlywomen.com, um, you can read the first chapter of my book for free. If you want to try before you buy, um, highly encourage anyone to go check it out. Um, and then we always are just doing things to help busy Christian women to better prioritize their relationship with God. So if you're someone who says, okay, I am a Christian, but I don't love it out as much as I would like to, who has the time? We have all of the practical resources and encouragement um, and advice for you. So that's what we love to do. And you can find it all at equippinggodlywomen.com. Awesome. Well, thanks for that. I hope everyone will go check it out. Well, thanks for being on the show today. Again, I appreciate your insights as we tackle a tough topic. I hope if you're listening today that you are just fully ready to let go of being right. And I'm, I'm joking a little bit because it's a process, right? So, so here, all the words we said today with lots of grace, it's gonna, it's gonna be trial and error and praise God for his grace that he watches us be messy as we learn to release control and surrender these things to him. But um, thanks for listening today. I hope something in today's show has helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye. Before you go, if something from today's show blessed you, may I ask a huge favor? Leave a review on your favorite platform. Seeing your five-star reviews is a huge encouragement to me. Not sure how to do it? You can go to comparetowho.me slash podcast, scroll to the bottom, and you'll find all the information. And while you're at comparetowho.me, check out some of the more than 500 articles on there about body image, comparison, all the things you're thinking about. Plus, you can find out more about my books, or you can grab a time for a free 10-minute call to see if coaching is right for you. I'm so honored to be a part of your journey out of body image and comparison frustration. And I can't wait to hear how God is working to set you free. Hey, the Compared to Who show is now available on the Edify podcast app. If you're looking for other great Christian podcasts, check out the Edify app and download it wherever you get your apps. Hey friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. 
Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the Start Here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. Hello, this is Dr. Doug Grotheis, host of Truth Tribe, where we seek the truth through reason and evidence about what matters most. And we are not tribal since truth is for everyone. Please join me at the Truth Tribe as I discuss the reasons for Christian faith, the Christian worldview, and moral issues such as abortion and gender ideology. To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com or search Truth Tribe on your favorite podcast app.